Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGurra for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Chris Ragg and Nick here of Aleph Insights. And this week we're discussing the potential problems Joe Biden might have um, when he comes to power. Chris, lead us in. Yeah, well, obviously, um, you have a new incoming uh, president, the president-elect, um, and, uh, you know, they are in the process, or, or certainly some of the process has been hampered by, um, you know, dis- dispute around the um, the result of the election and the, and the power transition. Mm. Um, but essentially, it got me thinking about this idea of when, you know, one one sort of regime comes in, uh, and takes over from another about the potential um, issues you have, uh, you know, occurring within a system when when control is handed over from one set of people to another set of people, and whether there are, uh, you know, recipes for success, uh, or you know, whether the context in which it happens, you know, means that sometimes power transitions are are doomed to be um, inefficient and problematic. Okay. Right. Okay. That's teed it all up quite nicely. Um, where do we want to start? Yeah. Well. Well. I think. I think the main thing that is different, probably, about this presidential transition, uh, you know, that is not the not the case with with previous ones. I mean, there there have been some that have been um, uh, ill tempered and um, where the outgoing president has has been obstructive or or not turned up to the inauguration of the of the next president. But this one is. Um, I wouldn't say it's unique, but it's it's definitely uh, in a in a small sample of yeah, of one. Yeah. So it, we're going to start off by talking about then this particular transition. Hmm. Um, I think famously, wasn't it? Was it? Was it? Was it? Clinton's people stole all the W's from um, the keyboards when there was um, George W. Bush was coming in. Um, yeah. Sorry, carry on, Chris. I interrupted. Yeah. No. No. That's. Um, uh, uh, yeah. That's that. That. Those. I mean, at least that's hijinks rather than sort of you know actually actively trying to disrupt all the policies of your yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. of the incoming yeah. um, government. But you always get this issue. When uh, you know in the U.S. system, you know, um, and, and unless you know, well, even when when it's from when the incoming president is from the same party to you know somebody who's just finished their second term or something, there is still a a change of direction. But I think what is particularly interesting about this one is that it has been so acrimonious, and um, uh, the outgoing president has been the least cooperative. I think that. Um, you know that 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 you can sort of think of in in modern modern history, and yeah. um, that the incoming president will want to change lots of things quite dramatically. So so you've got somebody sort of digging in and causing problems, and you've got somebody who's wanting to um, change things, you know, quite quite dramatically. And and so I think that's that's an interesting dynamic, and and I think there are lots of um, you know things we can sort of look at historically to to kind of um, give some insight into power transition. It's yeah, just... I and also I think it's quite interesting in um, in a country like the states, uh, like like America, where they've got um, 
there's power transition every four years and at least the last couple of hundred years or so there's these rules in place um and yet still there are some issues it seems if you've got one sort of particularly sort of um what's the best way to put Intransigent, it um, there you go yeah. thank you um so even in a system that is a system and it's got some 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 safeguards in place that's interesting nick yeah i think well one of the things i was interested in is whether this perception is correct uh, that you know but sort of transitions are dangerous or you know uncertain or hard in yeah. some way it's hard to tell in the us right because the, as you say they have a four-year cycle um and that means that you know you can't look at the length for example of, of a president's um of a president's tenure to try and make inferences about whether or not you know that that things are more likely to go wrong at the beginning or whatever um although obviously you do have this idea of the first hundred days being a kind of key time, but that's really, I think that's more about kind of being able to use your political capital rather than your tenure being more uncertain at the beginning of, of your, of your uh, time in office. Um, I did actually have a quick look at us crime rates. I thought, well, maybe somehow, you know, if, if there's a sense of there being more instability around the beginning or the end of a, of a, uh, of a, uh, you know, a presidential term, we might be able to see that picked up in crime rates. Mm. But in fact, there's no, there's really no, no electoral cycle there at all. Mm. But what I, what I did have a look at was some of the, uh, some of the um, lengths of as the durations in countries where uh, we, there isn't that same electoral cycle. Um, so first of all, I looked at uh, the UK. Now, what you can do is, is sort of, um, plot uh, well look at what's called a hazard function where you look at a sort of failure rate over time you know you look at you take a large population you see how many of that population uh you know in period one suffer a certain thing and then in period two and then in period three now if beginnings ends doesn't really matter what was was it sort of if whereabouts you are on in your tenure doesn't affect the probability of failure then what you would get is an exponential function you'd have a the same sort of decay rate over time so the the number of prime ministers who'd, who'd been in power for nine years uh and but not for 10 years would be the same proportion as you know those who'd been in power for two years but not for three years so i looked at i looked at the uk and there is um you know it's, it's definitely the case that uh there is a sort of generally a higher failure rate for uh, the the early years. So tw 20, 25% of prime ministers don't make it out of year one. So I'm talking about since Walpole here. So 25% okay. so don't make it out of year one. 21%, if you've been in year one, make it to year two. But by the time you get to, to sort of five years, there's been 24 prime ministers who've, who've been in power for five years. 11%, uh, only 11% of them fail to make it to six years. And, you know, once you get to sort of eight, nine years, you, you, it's 11, 13 percent. So um, there is some evidence that the decay rate falls off over time. So what that suggests is, yeah, that actually, you know, the beginning, your, your first period, your first few years in office are really kind of crucial. Um, and the time we're actually most likely to, to, to be kicked out again. Um, and I, I also thought just for interest, uh, another country famous, which, you know, famously has had a lot of prime ministers, which is Italy. Um, they, they've had hundreds. I mean, you know, and um, the, the failure rate for the first 
four years, right? For if you look at the average failure rate over the first four years of an Italian's uh, of an Italian prime minister's um, tenure in office, there's a, a failure rate of about five point eight percent per month. But over the next two years, it falls to 2.2%. So again, same thing, you know, yeah. if you're an Italian and you manage to stay in office for, for if you get through that period, you've got a, a higher probability of staying in office. Uh, admittedly, only about only four prime ministers have ever done that. One of them being Mr. Benito Mussolini. But yeah. uh, anyway, sorry, Frazee, you're trying to say um, something. Yeah, well, I know Chris wants to come in, but I, I, I'd be interested to see how one, this relates to transition. Okay, uh, but secondly, it'd be interesting to see if you know short-lived prime ministers, um, how how soon or not that is after a long-lived prime minister. Mm. Um, so you might have long, short, 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 long, short, 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 something like that. I don't know. Um, yeah. Just anyway, Chris. Well, sorry, you want, but you yeah. just do you want me to make it explicit why that's related to the hypothesis? It's just it, okay. So it's just it's just the idea that you know if 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 it if it's if power transitions you you are just taking over if that's a particularly tricky or difficult time you would expect to see a lot of people fail in the first in the you know the first year or two say compared to the failure rate of prime ministers uh, beyond that and what i'm saying is that that is backed up so now it doesn't mean it's the only hypothesis consistent with that evidence but it it is you know it is the case there isn't the same failure rate over time basically you know if you can hang on if you can make it through that first bit you're safer which you know is, that is merely a way of saying that the first, the early part of your tenure yeah. It's, yeah. is the dangerous part transition know? transition maybe, yeah. maybe. And I, I think i think that's um that's that's you know a, a a an interesting hypothesis because obviously what what you then do when you're trying to set up a system to I, I suppose try and minimize that that instability so like the US presidency has fixed fixed terms right so you, you can't re, you know other than by impeachment or or death or you know a couple of other um, uh, processes you can't you can't um, unelect a president before the end of their of their term uh, whereas the uk system now we've got the the fixed parliament um uh, act but even with within that we've still had somebody uh, call a general election uh, in fact two um you know outside of the the general um uh, you know five year fixed terms that were were put in place um so so i think that's an an interesting way of of looking you know at the fact that you do get greater instability at the beginning of um of uh kind of you know somebody um uh, ascending to power um and and so if you're trying to trying to um alleviate that obviously you would set up a system where you do have these these fixed terms but i suspect that brings other other problems and if you look at other kinds of systems so we've talked about democratic systems but if you look at um what was the majority political system for for a long time if you look at you know hereditary monarchies and uh, and um transition across those uh you've got all sorts of problems which probably have parallels in democratic systems but are nowhere near as bad so if you look at um if you look at the the king you know monarchs of england or or um or great britain uh from uh william the first um through so from william the conqueror through to through to now 40 uh 
40 periods of, 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 of monarchy. And if you look at how many of those are contested, I think it's fair to say William, William the Conqueror's uh, ascendancy to the throne was definitely, definitely contested. But I went, I went through and I had a, had a look at, um, at these. And uh, it's quite astonishing because you think, you think the, the um, English monarchy is pretty, pretty stable generally as a system. It's obviously existed for a very long time. But you also think, um, well, aren't there all these kind of convoluted rules about, you know, ag- agnetic. Right. And, uh, and, and obviously agnetic. each time there was an issue, they then tried to bring in some, you know, some amendment to, to, to try and uh, resolve that in some way. But of, um, of the transitions between those, uh, those monarchs, um, I, I went through and sort of made a judgment on, on them and uh, 35% of them were violently contested in some wow. in some way. So, that, you know, there was either an uprising at the time, somebody deposed the king, there was a, you know, it was the result of a civil war, uh, and so on and so forth. Um, and so, you know, that that um, suggests that, that that kind of system where the only the only way out of it is the death of the uh, reigning monarch or um, some form of depo- you know, deposing them uh, is, you know, so you've effectively got their lifetime really as the, as the tenure and the transition happens at the end of that lifetime is clearly not a, a stable way to, to mm. um, transition things. What I didn't do, which it would be very interesting to do, I think, is to look at um, that notion of whether or not you get rapid you know, rapidity, you know, when you get a long, because intuitively you think a long reign um, is, it, it creates stability, right? You know, um, and uh, there are a couple of instances where kings swap over, where actually, you know, um, uh, the king is deposed momentarily and then they're they're sort of um, reinstalled and, and so on. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm slightly lost. Where are we? Um, I think we've got to the point where, yeah, democracy is definitely better than something like um, a monarchy. Um, mm, well, I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, no, just in terms of transition, right? Yeah. Not well, well. So, so the other thing I, I looked at for you know it, because it's a case study in instability um, was the Weimar Republic. Okay. Uh, and the fact that they had... I thought you were going to pick on poor Italy again, but anyway, keep no, going. No, 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 even, even more uh, tumultuous than, uh, uh, than post-war Italy was um, uh, the Weimar Republic, yeah, oh. where they had um, 14 chancellors in 14 years, um, mm. with, uh, um, yeah, obviously, uh, uh, von Schleicher being, being replaced by some chap nobody, nobody's heard of since. An Austrian guy. Yeah. yeah, an Austrian guy, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so that you know, clearly there you've got really rapid turnover of power. So there's something about, um, you know, the, the, the rate of turnover, which clearly in itself creates, um, uh, creates inst- instability in, in systems like that. I think, I, I mean, I know that um, in early Rome, I think tributes served for, for a year and there were, th- there were two, you know, two of them. Um, and, um uh, you know, they, they sort of shared shared power. But um, but I think it's probably rare to have systems where you have rapid turnover of power and you have stability. Um, yeah, but I think and I think it 
you know, it's interesting thinking about that. I mean, obviously, one of the re- reasons that the Roman Republic had a system like that, where you where you turn, you deliberately got rid of people, didn't matter how good they were, they had to go and be replaced by someone, was precisely because they were scared of, you know, the what we've been looking at as an indicator of stability, which is having the, uh, you know, a kind of same person ruling for a long time, gathering a lot of personal power, um, and you know, and overshadowing the the sort of legislative power. Um, and and I but I, I think and I obviously the US have a have a similar thing. You know, it's this fear of uh, the fear of it's sort of, if you like, kind of too much stability uh, and the fact that that drags in um, the all of the problems to do with having a cult of personality um, that, yeah. that, you know, it's is the flip side of, of having a long and stable reign. Um I mean, fixed term limits is very common around the world. I think in most countries, it's probably the case. Mm. Um yeah, very, very common. Yeah. Uh, um, sorry, I just, might have interrupted your flow there, Nick. Sorry. No, I don't. I, I was, but I was just going to say, I mean, the, so on one hand, you can point to procedural reasons why you're going to get instability. The most obvious one, take Biden. You know, he's going to have to replace a whole load of officials. Obviously, in the US, they have a bit slightly more politicized civil service than we do. Mm. And so that, that means, you know, replacing what we, you know, would be, effect it's a bit like putting ministers in place you know in in uh, um in government departments here but they're they're sort of more less they're not really ministers they're they're more like senior civil servants who are kind of politically appointed but so a lot of those i mean all of them are going to go and be replaced by new ones um and uh but also biden is not going to really know which of those people he can trust you know who is going to be um actually carrying out his what he really wants who's going to be pursuing their own career who's going to be conniving behind his back yeah he doesn't know how much he can trust kamala harris or how good she's going to be there's all kinds of reasons why you know you you would imagine that when someone gets into power that things things could go uh you know a number of different ways and and it takes some time for someone to be able to to generate stability um in that period but another alternative hypothesis which i just think it's worth pointing out is that um it's not that start the the beginning of a new administration is particularly risky necessarily but what it is is highly informative right so this would be a, a different hypothesis that that reverses the cause and effect and and merely w- and, and would sort of say well the point is that you you don't really know how good a leader is going to be when they first get into power and um the reason that you see a lot you know a relatively large number of short-lived leaders when you look at you know systems where they can choose the length of of the leadership is that you've got to filter out the rubbish ones and the only way you can do that is by giving them a shot at it um mm. so it's not that you know you 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 become more stable as you go on but it's merely that the the people who are rubbish get filtered out which is another hypothesis you know it's yeah. not the transition that causes instability is the sort of almost the other way around yeah and i i think there again here history is is quite instructive and other systems are quite instructive because I, I feel like, like I think I've mentioned um, previously uh, Mehmed the Third, the the Ottoman Sultan, who upon ascending to the, the Sultanate had his nineteen brothers murdered, um, and you know that is essentially the um, the executive change that occurs in in the U.S. system just without the the throttling, you know. Um, and and so you 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 do have this this sense of right okay we've got to get rid of of people and bring in people who are who are, who are my um, who I patronise you know as the as the leader and who owe their loyalty to me. I think the other thing that's interesting is if you look at systems where you have had um, 
ideological flip-flopping, right? As as you do get in the US system, you know, Obamacare turns up, Trump comes along, cancels Obamacare and, and so on. Um, yeah. Now, if you think about... Um, yeah, during the, the, the sort of English monarchy and the, the Reformation and, and people burning people at the stake uh, on, on, you know, on either sides, either as Protestants or, or Catholics for heresy. Um, you, you've got, you know, again, another factor there. So you, 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 you've got this idea of having to, you know, really purge people within your system who follow one ideology because mm. otherwise you can't, you know, you can't pursue your, your sort of... Um, policy and then i think the other factor you've got is internal disloyalty which which nick was sort of um uh, y- you know um hinting at i suppose a bit which is you know o- often in in monarchies you get um you know the the heir uh becoming you, you know sort of um agitating because their their father won't die and so you know they're they're kind of kicking their heels and thank goodness uh, we don't have that kind of situation <laughs> yeah, that's right um and uh, and so um, yeah, you've, that you've got causes stability in itself. Yeah, yeah, you've got a number of, of factors there, which are basically, the, you know, the fact that when you change over, uh, you've got to sort of change the system to be loyal to you. But you've also got this issue of if you've been around for too long, um, you know, those beneath you want to take the reins of reins of power. So that probably puts a natural limit on. Yeah. So it's probably one other thing worth mentioning, which is um, just alluding to or, or kind of think jumping off something you said earlier, Fraser, which was, you know, is, are we going to see a long followed by some short reigns and then another long one? Um, it, there is going to be a kind of element of, re- of reversion to the mean. Right. So which means that you're more most regimes are bad. Right. I mean, on average, you look at all governments over the history of mankind. There's, there are very few, you know, Queen Victoria's or Alexander Alexander's the Great. And um, it's it is just overwhelmingly likely that you're going to get a, uh, you know, a worse person if you've had a really, really good person in in charge, you know, who's managed to hold on to power for a long time or has been a good leader. I mean, Alexander the Great is a really good example because, um, you know, he built this enormous empire bigger than, you know, anything the, the region had seen. And, and then uh, as soon as he, you know, he, the state fell apart as soon as he died, you know, it was more or less just completely fell into, fell apart into different, totally different, you know, the whole country was, was so bound up with, with him. It was, you're not going to get another Alexander the Great to to turn up. You'd be very lucky yeah, yeah. to you know to have um, to have one, let alone two in a row. It makes me think of uh, football and uh, football managers in Liverpool um, who had what was it? Um, Bill Shankly. Yeah, exactly. Shankly, then followed by was it Paisley? I can't remember. Yeah. Um, and then on to and that was really but then yeah, exactly Dalglish. But um, was like, and then Tunis messed everything up. I think yeah. Alexander the Great and uh, and Bill Shankly are yeah very great. <laughs> Yeah, similar um, figures in a way in terms yeah. of their impact on world history. <laughs> <laughs> um, we need to finish there, but before we do, little question: well, why, do we, why do we make predictions for when the Queen dies? Oh well, no, I've got a different. And usually, I'm going to ask you for a prediction: Is Donald Trump going to be at the inauguration in the states? Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I think. Uh, my personal sense is that he will try and run again in 2024 and mm. that he will have to maintain this sense of having been robbed of, of mm. the, um, the presidency. Stab in the back um, myth. Yeah, the stab in the back myth, exactly. So I think he won't attend because otherwise that would give it legitimacy. 
And I think we'll see him in, in 2024 having a stab, unless he's been, you know, utterly ridiculed by that stage and is, is you know, doing, I don't know, like Coca-Cola adverts or something. Sure. Because the rumor is, is, or at least one thing I've seen is that he's going to announce his candidacy for 2024 during the, in the middle of the inauguration, right? Uh, Nick? I get where Chris is coming from, but I, but I, uh, I also think it's, it's hard to tell how much is, um, you know, Donald Trump playing the game uh, here. I mean, I think with someone like Donald Trump, the, the, his personality and the way that you know, the the kind of things that he does for one reason and the things that he does because he wants to are so tightly bound up, it's hard to separate them. But um, I, I, I am thinking about the, uh, you know, the base rate here, which is that it is just so rare for a president not to turn up to the next next inauguration. Now, admittedly, Trump has done, uh, you know, has done plenty of weird. Has done the rare thing a few times. Yeah. yeah uh, but but I'm, I'm going to go with 75 percent because I, ju- I just think I it seems it, it would be extremely weird. I mean, on the other hand, maybe it would be a way of overshadowing, yeah. overshadowing yeah, the, events. You know, what's I, the I base know. rate for Trump taking the weird decision on on every every turn? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's what happens when that base rate meets the other base rate? You know, which base rate has to shift? I I think that um, I think he will be there, but. Um, might do something. I don't know. Might do something. I, I I don't think he just would be happy to sit there. In the I, I think that's the I that's that's sort of what I'm thinking is that I think he'll want he'll he he won't risk not being in the limelight for a minute. He'll try and steal the show in some way, okay. um, yeah. you know, or at least he might. And that so I think it's just better better higher than fifty percent chance he'll be there. I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's see. All right. We'll stop there. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrew, being here with Chris Ragg and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights. Until next time, goodbye. Fraser McGrew. Did you call yourself? <laughs> Seriously, I do have trouble with my own name. <laughs> <laughs>